Our text is coming from John chapter 20, verses 1 through 10 this morning. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid them, him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went together toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. As I alluded to a minute ago, every preacher, as they approach this Sunday, struggle with how are we going to preach an oh-so-familiar, not only text, but story. How do we present in a new way what happened that morning? But after all of the struggle, the wanting to present something old in a new way, the bottom line is, Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. Gail O'Day, one of my favorite professors in seminary, who I took the study of the Gospel of John under, told us preachers to relax. The tomb was empty, and Jesus was raised before any of the gospel characters appeared on the scene. There's not even an angel or a young man in white in the opening scene of the gospel. And with her words in mind, Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. But with that said, and that really is quite enough, I did discover something curious. Something curious in the scriptures as I was reading the scripture text for this week. I, I called it the great race. Now, I am 64 years old, and I, like many of you, have read this text 
over and over and over again. But there was something in it this time that caught my attention. Peter and John hear the news of the empty tomb and with boys being boys, competing in everything, can't you just hear them almost saying before they start running, I bet I can beat you there? If it was my two boys saying that, I, I would hear that with them. And then they would say under their breaths, get ready, get set, go. And off they would run. Off they would run. These verses in John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 3 through 8, make for an interesting tidbit to the story. And I'd like to read it again. And I'm going to have to read it here. John chapter 20, verses 3 through 8. Hear these words again. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there. But he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came. He saw the linen wrappings lying and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and he believed. <laughs> Amen. And thank you, Lord. <laughs> You never know where God is going to answer a prayer and when and how quickly. <laughs> so we have the story of these two disciples rushing to the tomb. Now the writer of the Gospel of John was one of these two disciples. And this was his personal account of what happened on that morning. We have two disciples. One came and saw, and one came and believed. You see, Peter was able to come to the tomb and see with his eyes. But John, who, if you notice in the scripture, is described as the beloved disciple, the one that Jesus loved. It was out of his love for his friend Jesus that he came running to the tomb. And when he looked in, he saw and he believed and he remembered 
Christ's words that these things must happen. Now, even the commentators will take this verse and make it into some type of competition between Peter and John. But that was really not the situation at all. When I read this text and I read of the beloved disciple and Peter, I simply saw two different ways that we all come to the tomb. Two different ways to come to Jesus. We have the two running. We have one that reaches there first and is anxious in what they hear. They looked in to see, but they didn't quite go in yet. They held back. But then we have Peter, impetuous Peter that we all know and love. And he runs in and he checks things out. And he sees what he sees. And then he leaves. But then the beloved disciple comes in. And he looks and he sees and he believes. And aren't we like that? Sometimes we go running towards Jesus, but we pull ourselves up short. Maybe there's something that is holding us back. Perhaps it is a little bit of doubt. Maybe it's a little bit of fear to push on, a hesitation, if you will, to jump all in. But then there are those who come in looking and anticipating. So I have to ask this morning, how do you come to Jesus? How do you come to the tomb? Do you come expectant? Do you come looking curiously? But that's as far as you want to take this relationship with Jesus Christ? Or do you come and see and leave totally believing in the risen Lord? The choice is always ours to make how we come. Christ made his choice on the cross. So it's up to us. How have you come in the past to the tomb? And how will you come today in your search for Jesus? You're here this morning, and we love seeing you, and we love knowing that you are online with us this morning. But what are your expectations? Do you come fully to embrace the risen Lord you come out of simple obligation because it's Easter and you want to please your family? Or do you come with total abandon to embrace the Lord and to commit yourself fully 
to living with and for him. The choice is yours this morning. I thought what a wonderful, wonderful day to celebrate Holy Communion this morning. To celebrate the risen Lord. To remember again the sacrifice that was made for us. Remember, it seems a long time since Thursday night in our scriptures where Jesus came together with the disciples to have Passover. And as they sat around the table, Jesus began to share. He shared familiar liturgy that they were expecting to hear on the Passover evening. But he also shared new words. Words that were strange to their ears. As he picked up the bread. And he lifted it to his heavenly father and he asked God's blessing over the bread. And then he brought it down and he began to share with those disciples that were around the table. Later on in the meal, he picks up the cup of blessing. He raises it again to his heavenly father and he asks God's blessing over it, over it. And he brings it back and he begins to share again the cup with those disciples that had gathered there. So this morning as we come to church, as we come to the tomb, as we come to Jesus, remember Jesus' words that night. The bread, which is my body, which was broken for you. And the cup, which was my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And we hear and we acknowledge the symbols we remember and we pray to our Heavenly Father, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Amen.